help them grow. So I, and, and there's a lot of reward in that. I w- and I would say that five, six years ago, I never, I never thought that running a business could be rewarding on a person-to-person level like it is now. Hey everybody, this is Bobby Walker with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. And I want to ask you one thing. Are you doing what you want to do in life? Are you pursuing what you want in life? Why not? Don't be a bitch. Be the captain of your own ship. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy. What is going on, everybody? Bobby Walker here with Journey of a New Entrepreneur, bringing you another awesome guest today. But before I get into that, before I tell you who he is, I want to take a couple of minutes and just say, first off, I'm sorry I missed a week. I know I didn't do it. I was on vacation. Wow, wow, wow. I know I'm crying like a little crybaby, but I do apologize for not having one up, up last week. And I said I was going to do one. I even said I was. Um, about uh, you know some like systems and, and why I kind of suck in business as a result of them. Uh, I'll still do that. It's just going to be late. Okay. So anyway, thank you guys for being here. Uh, I'm super excited to kind of be back in the saddle. I've got Michael Hinderleiter with me today. So I'm, I'm just going to kind of tease who I got because I've got like a big, big hitter. He's a very humble guy. So I can already see him laughing when I, when I say that, but, but he really is. He's like a pillar in the pressure washing industry. I think he would call it the power washing industry for sure. And uh, he's done a lot of impressive things uh, over the course of his career. So I really can't wait to dig into that. Uh, but Michael, in the meantime, just for a second, you just sit there, keep looking pretty. I just got a couple things I got to mention to the to the guys here, and then we're going to dig into your story. Is that fair? That's fair. All right, cool. <laughs> so, so guys, listen, uh, here's what I want to do. I need to mention my favorite software on the planet. Responsibit. They've been sponsoring the show now for uh, let's call it three and a half months, give or take. And um, they've been mentioned on the show pretty much from the beginning because I've just been using them and and absolutely love them. But uh, but they've started sponsoring the show a few months ago. Got a ton of people that have signed up for it. A ton of people that have given great feedback. And that's like going into like the winter season, right? That's going into the season where a lot of people, unless you're down here in Florida like me, uh, a lot of people are shutting down and they're still having some some success with it and just loving it. But uh, what I want to do today is just share a couple of um, testimonials as my family keeps coming in and out of the front door and making all kinds of noise. Uh, I want to share <laughs> a couple of testimonials of my own while I was on vacation. So I live in Florida and somehow my friend Dan Plata conned me into going to northern Minnesota for an ice fishing trip in the middle of January. Now, I don't know how he, how he accomplished this. I do think it involved a couple of drinks and made me buy the airplane tickets while I had a couple of drinks or whatever. But here it was January, and I'm thinking, I moved to Florida to live in Florida in January, and I'm leaving to go to Minnesota. But I get up there. I leave here, and it's about 70 degrees. Uh, my buddy Josh and I get up there, and it's like, uh, well, we get to Minneapolis, and it's really cold. It's like negative two. And then the next morning, we drive to somewhere up north, and it was negative 22 degrees at one point. And I'm in the middle of a frozen lake. And I'm just scared I'm going to die the whole time. I'm like, I'm just sitting here thinking, who goes out onto a frozen lake for one? And then I'm the jackass that drills a hole in it that I'm, you know, as I'm standing right on top of this thing, I, I don't get it. But anyway, responsive bit. 
here's what's cool about it. You guys know what it does. It goes on your website. You, you go run appointments in person, do your quotes with it. It schedules stuff intelligently for you. It handles your follow-up. Well, I'm in uh, the airport bathroom and uh, in, um, in Minnesota, and I walk into the bathroom, and I just go do number one. It wasn't anything crazy. I'm just in there for a minute or so. And my, my phone in my pocket vibrates three times. So I wash my hands. I step out of the bathroom. I pull my phone out. And someone had got a quote, signed the agreement digitally, and scheduled themselves on my, uh, on my calendar and paid the deposit. Now, I said four things, but I only, it only vibrated three times. I don't know what happened with that. But uh, $1,430. I went and peed and made $1,430 while I was using the bathroom. Now, if that's not high-quality podcasting, I don't know what it is. But I'm just keeping it real with you guys, okay? Went to the bathroom, $1,430 richer. Now, I know one of you guys, Hugo, I'm going to call you up. Hugo, one time, he posted on, commented on one of my posts like that, and he goes, you know you didn't make $1,400. You know, you still got to do the work and you have your expenses. And I'm like, and then, I, of course, I was snide back to you, Hugo. I said, you must be a blast in sales, in sales meetings. But, but anyway, <laughs> the point is, I know I've got expenses, but guys, it was awesome. And then the next day when I was up in northern uh, Minnesota, go to the bathroom again at a gas station, come out, $271 sale made from the time I walked in to the time I walked out. It was awesome. You can see it all happen in real time if you go to the Journey of a New Entrepreneur Facebook page because I was posting that stuff when it happens because I get excited when it does. So, response bid's awesome. You should try it out. Journey of a New Entrepreneur listeners, the only people on the planet that get this special. You get a free month of service that you can't get anywhere else unless you use the JNE link. You also get a discounted upfront cost for the setup. You also get a discounted monthly rate. Go to jnebid.com. That's J-N-E, like journey of a new entrepreneur, bid, like response bid.com. Go to jnebid.com, you get a free month of service, you get a free two-week trial. It's awesome. If you don't love it, come to me and, oh, last thing, last thing. Here's, here's how awesome it is. Two to one ROI guarantee. If you, if you implement it and you don't double your ROI on the, on the investment and response bid, you don't pay for the service. That's how confident they are in it. So jnebid.com. And that's that. Michael Hinderleiter, how the hell are you, man? Uh, man, I'm doing great. Doing great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to have you here. We've kind of tried this for almost a year. We were just talking right before we went live. And I had ran into you um, actually another time in the middle of winter when I decided for some reason to leave warm Florida. And I went up to Pennsylvania last year and you were speaking at a, a convention up there and it was awesome. And um, right, it was snowing. It was snowing. It was crazy. And so we, um, so anyway, we get up there and uh, I'm like, dude, I already knew, like I had seen you around, you know, I, I knew who you were. I, you've got uh, the power wash community group on Facebook. It's like what, 10 or 12,000 members. I think something like that is a huge, huge group. That's your group. And um, that's the group that actually taught me how to get into the pressure washing business. I just kind of, yeah, I, I, I started a window cleaning company and I realized quickly I needed to add, you know, pressure washing and soft washing to it, got in your group. And for about two months, I just kind of lurked in there. And then finally I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to pull the trigger and figure it out. And, and here we are, you know, three years later. So that's pretty cool. And, um, but anyway, I approached you at the, the event and I'm like, Michael, I'd like to get you on my podcast. And you just kind of looked at me like, I don't think you know who I am, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, you're, you're, you're very cool. We've just, our schedules have just been, you know, crazy ever since. So super glad to have you here. So without further ado, why don't you take a minute, take 90 seconds, something like that. Give us the brief overview of kind of like who Michael Hinderleiter is, and then we're going to get into it and just talk about life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, all that good stuff. There you go. That's great. That's great. Well, um, and I appreciate the, the introduction about being humble. And stuff. I really do. I try not to be the guy with the, the big head and I, yeah. I, don't really, I don't really try not to take myself too serious um, to a level that, you know, I, I got that kind of ego out there, that kind of stuff. It's not what I want at all. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I'm glad that I'm approachable because that's what I want. Um, but as far as business goes, I, I, I started off with my uh, truck washing or fleet washing division back in 1985. Grew that and it's still still going today. And we have a wash bay that complements that as well. Got into kitchen exhaust cleaning. And that was in 95 when I started doing that. And from there, I uh, got into a partnership with Phil Ackland Training. So we started doing kitchen exhaust training. That kind of complemented the whole service side of things. And in 2010, around that time, my dad, Dad retired and I bought out his business and got me into powerwash.com, which I rebranded as powerwash.com. It wasn't that before. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the training that he offered to the industry, I eventually rebranded that to Powerwash University. So they both kind of complement one another. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're tight. Like you, uh, yeah. if you go and buy a power washer, you can get a, a nice little upgrade to Powerwash University. And, and I don't know if there's a vice versa kind of thing, but yeah, that's, they, they absolutely go hand in hand. That's cool. So, um, so you started, was 85, the fleet washing thing, was that your first business that you ever started or did you have a, like a lemonade stand when you were a kid or what? <laughs> I, uh, actually my very first business experience was in second grade. Really? And yeah, yeah. Uh, me and a friend were like, you know, just, just being young kids wanting to, uh, you know, we just, you didn't don't always have an allowance money. We want to go up to the store and buy candy and Cokes and gum and whatever that stuff these kids do. And it was, it was just like a half mile up the street and we wanted money. We didn't have it. And, uh, earlier that day, it was, it happened to be around Christmas time. And earlier that day I was in the grocery store and I saw, uh, some mistletoe hanging on the aisle on the checkout. And it was like 50 cents or something. I was like, man, we could go pick that and sell that for 25 cents. <laughs> so you were a $99 mistletoe guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a $99 mistletoe guy. Exactly. So, uh, so that was the start of me doing entrepreneurial type stuff, which is selling mistletoe around the block and uh, uh, pulling it in our wagon and climbing the trees out in the fields and, and, uh, and having fun with it. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, that's super cool. I always, sometimes I feel like I'm the odd man out in this whole entrepreneur world because I'm kind of like, man, I'm, I got sucked into this now I'm loving it, but like, I didn't grow up, you know, I'm really honestly jealous of the, the mentality that a lot of you guys have you and you got like, you know, Latimer and Brandon Bond and all these guys and they all did stuff like that. And I was just some jackass playing video games until I was 35, you know? But uh, I, I had a change of life, you know, change of heart, you know, late, late. I'm a late bloomer. That's all. That's all. Well, I think, I think I was very fortunate and lucky at the same time to have a dad that was an entrepreneurial and, and, and whenever he saw those little things in me, he really tried to uh, inspire me to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, 
next, the next one after that was I, somebody cleared off some property close to our house. So I went and we started, uh, started to cut, cut up firewood. Well, that didn't last very long because <laughs> there's not a lot of trees in our area. So mm. <laughs> finding, finding trees to cut up for firewood didn't last long. But then I got into lawn mowing business, which was not good for me because I have a hay fever like crazy. So oh yeah. Grass, yeah. And all the itchy eyes and running nose and wheezing didn't last long for me, but, well, uh, and that's just bad in your area. I mean, you're from the Dallas Fort Worth area, right? Yeah. 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 So I, I'm from Oklahoma originally. So I'm, uh, so you know all about it. Oh yeah. I, you know, not cutting grass and you know, every, every year, you know, I'd have about a month of just torture, you know, just terrible, terrible sinuses. So. I know this is off track, but what part of Oklahoma? Most of my life I lived in the, the Tulsa area. Um, I lived in okay. the Oklahoma city area for about, uh, five, six years as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, do you, you know the area well? I know. Well, my dad grew up on the opposite side of Tulsa up toward the Panhandle. Oh, okay. Like, is he from yeah. Guymon? That's the only, Guymon's the only city I know of over there. I think is Reno, is Reno, Oklahoma over there too, I think. We drove, I think we drove through Reno to get to where uh, Woodward and Quinlan, well, Quinlan, you probably, you have to really know Oklahoma over that. Yeah, I know, I know Woodward. of Woodward, but. Yeah, Woodward. Okay. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, you know, I've, I'd ne I've never been on that side of the state actually. I, uh, you know, up to Kansas, down through Texas, right in that Tulsa, Oklahoma city, you know, yeah. lane. That's, that's about, uh, lived there my whole life, left there about five years ago. And, um, it's real similar to West Texas over on that side of Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've got a buddy from West Texas and they're, they're just different. You know, those guys are just different. <laughs> Oh shoot. So, so tell me a little more about your dad. So, you, you know, I know you said you bought his business, which, uh, became powerwash.com. Uh, what, uh, yeah. what other kinds of things did he do? He was, he, uh, he went to school to be an engineer and he worked for Boeing and Cessna, uh, and eventually left those jobs. And, you know, there were, you know, the, the, I believe what was happening, the engineers were creating a union and things like that. And um, he eventually decided he really didn't want to do that type of work anymore. And so he actually worked weekends for free to learn the power washing business for six months. Nice. There okay. There in Wichita that taught him it. And I, I want to say he, it was primarily um, doing fleet washing actually at that time. Mm -hmm. And with the, the understanding that he wouldn't start a business in that market, they would go to some other market. They wouldn't compete. Um, and so my mom did a lot of research to figure out what was a good place to go. And they picked the Dallas Fort Worth market because it had a North South corridor and an East West corridor that went through it, um, connecting both the North and South and the East and West sides of the country, right through the middle of Dallas and Fort Worth. Yeah. That's smart. That's yeah. Smart. So, yeah. Now, so you started fleet washing in 85. Did your dad have it before then? Do it before then too? Yes. We moved here in, now I, I got to, I got to try to get this right because I second grade. So that would have been like 73, I believe it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We moved here in 73. And I can remember uh, getting to go out on the truck every now and then. Of course, he had a big old straight truck and 2,000 gallons of water in the back of the truck, box mm -hmm. truck, running around. And it was a cool thing to go ride around with dad on the weekends. But being a little kid, I got in trouble pretty fast. So <laughs> 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 I was I, more of a 
Massachusetts. <laughs> I, I know that I, my grandfather was uh, ultra, ultra patient, which the, the, the humor behind that was, you know, my dad and then his brothers, they were like, this is not the man that raised us, you know, because he apparently wasn't that way with them. But with me, uh, he was in the oil field. And um, uh, he, so he owned a drilling company. You know, he was like owner operator, you know, but owned a drilling company and had some employees and a, and a drilling rig and some equipment. And, and uh, in the summers, a lot of the times I just every day go out with him. And I don't know how, I don't know how he did it. Cause you know, I'm just like, you know, I'm young, you know, I just did it from probably between like age six to like age 11 or 12, you know, and, and I don't know how many times he'd get in trouble because like I'd have my four wheeler out there and I just tearing up areas in the pasture and stuff and he'd get complaints from, from the people owning the property, but he, he kept letting me come back. So I'm, I did oh. not get his patience. I can tell you that. Just ask That's my awesome. kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I didn't get my grandparents or my dad's patience. I, my poor kids, well, I think part of it's because I know how I was at that age. And I'm yeah. like, hey, are you going to give me the problems I gave my dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he, so he did that kind of stuff then from the mid '70s up till he retired. Yeah. Then, well, when the industry was in its early infancy, really, pretty much. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I remember him telling me that the the pump that they used, they actually had to use a lift to put it in the back of the truck. It's not like what you pick up today by hand. Yeah. I had to use a lift to put it in the back of the truck. It was so heavy. Okay. I'm going to be wrong on this, but if I remember right, it was like 30 to 40 gallons a minute at 600 PSI. So it had blasting power, but it was just a ton of water that came out because they actually used those pumps in the oil fields. Really? Okay. 30 to 40 gallons a minute. Boy, what kind of buffer tanks was he using? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I said. They they hit fire hydrants and got, you know, um, and had a 2,000 gallon water tank on the truck. Good Lord. That's that's crazy. Just to give listeners some perspective, like, because I've got a a pressure washing company. Um, I use, now I have smaller machines. I, you know, we do residential work, but on one of my trucks, I have a 50 gallon per minute, or I mean, a 50 gallon buffer tank with a five gallon per minute machine. So a 40 gallon per minute machine. That's, that's just crazy. Now 600 PSI, not quite as, as uh, uh, aggressive as our machines are today, but it'll get the job done apparently. huh? Yeah. So, all right. So, and then I remember hearing you tell your story once before and you, your first business, you started while you were in college, right? Actually it was in high school. Oh, in high school. Okay. I didn't listen very well. January 1st of 1985. No kidding. During the Christmas break, I decided to start the business. And I can remember uh, my dad actually going with me to the first truck washing that I did. It was a gravel truck. Mm-hmm. And I, I can remember like it was yesterday. It was just, it was, it was just a really cool experience. At the same time, um, he allowed, he, he stood back and watched me just make a, a fool of myself, not knowing what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good dad. That's a good teacher, actually. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what kind of stuff? So did you do well when you were in high school? Did you make some good money uh, for, a, for a high schooler back then? Oh, I did. I did. I actually did quite well. Um, it was, and, and, and carried on into college. Uh, what was nice about it is that that business funded me the rest of the way through high school. I bought my first uh, vehicle. Well, I didn't buy my first vehicle, but it it got me into my first truck mm-hmm. and, and 
and, and funded my way through college and, and the, the ability to buy, to buy a house. That's awesome. I just pretty much worked on my time off. Yeah. Well, and I remember, I think I remember you got actually pretty busy in college, right? Weren't you at a point of, of being a little bit overworked with, with college and the business and everything? I was, I yeah. wasn't actually, I did, I believe it was up to, well, I did the, the first year of college. <laughs> I thought I would be smart and take 17 hours. And I just, I had to drop a couple of classes pretty quick. Um, after that, I dropped down to 12 hours a semester so I could still be a full-time student. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that had its challenges, you know, doing that, working on the weekends and, and trying to do the, the college life, yeah. you know, being a young yep. man having fun. But um, it had its challenges. And then I, it was probably around the third going into the, yeah, I would say after the third year, I had moved, I'd moved out of the house and got an apartment, actually moved in with my sister um, for a while. And then from there, I dropped down to nine hours a semester. And the last two years of, of college, <clears> I said that I wasn't going to quite make it in six years. And I said, there's no way I'm going past six years. So yeah. I started summer school too. <laughs> I wasn't going to be a career student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now let me ask you this question because I, I, I think there's some legitimacy, I think, to people that say these things. But... I think they also sometimes go a little overboard. Now I did not, I didn't go to college myself, but sure. you know, it's become real popular to kind of hate on college and be like, ah, you go to college and, and um, you know, you don't learn nothing. if you're an entrepreneur, it's a waste of time and so on and so forth. And um, right. I'm, I'm always kind of curious to get, you know, when I know an entrepreneur that's having a lot of success and did go to school, uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you view that as valuable for you in, in the business or do you think you could have done better faster had you not went or do you regret it or what? You know, I think it's not just what you it learn from the academics of being in college. It's what you learn of being around those people in college. Mm-hmm. And some of the classes I took in college that I, I thought were kind of pointless actually, actually taught me some really good lessons about life. Yeah. Uh, and it, and it, it, obviously not a math class, but, but like argument of writing was, was very good at helping me understand and, and really see, see through things when it comes to like having a conversation with somebody and the words they use mm-hmm. that came argument of English and really shooting holes in, in advertising, how advertising is presented. I mean, it, it almost seems obvious to me sometimes when, when, when something's advertised and the way they say it, I recognize it now instead of making assumptions about it because they say it a certain way. It's not a lie, but someone who's not understanding the, the words used could interpret it to mean something else real easy because mm-hmm. they don't quite get that. Um, but that's not to say that college taught me that it's just the professors that I had that I took actually taught me that. And then, um, you know, some of the English classes and some of the political science classes I took. Yeah. The, the professors taught me some things about, you know, government and politics. I don't think I would have ever seen. And mm. uh, uh, it, just, it just makes it more, I guess it, 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 can, it can help you be more rounded as a person yeah. because you go to college. I think that's what the benefit you're going to get to. Now, if you want to talk just about the business aspect of it, then, hey, I, I can completely see and agree that not going to college and running a business today. There are so many resources out there that, 
yeah, you don't really need college mm -hmm. and you can be successful in business because of all the resources that exist and just a ton of people like yourself and uh, others that are doing things like you're doing there that can help people be successful. Well, you know, there's on that note, you know, cause I've got three kids, my, uh -huh. my oldest, uh, so my youngest is, um, um, 16, he'll, he'll be 17 next month. And then my oldest is 20. And I, uh, <clears throat> it being a parent's hard, man. And I know, I think your oldest daughter, cause I'm, I'm friends with you on Facebook. She's about my oldest son's age, right? She's like a sophomore in college or something like that. I, ha I have a freshman in college, a senior in high school and a son who's 24, maybe he's 25. I get in trouble for not remembering. Yeah. Yeah. But he's okay. through college and he, yeah, he's an IT. Okay. I saw, I saw pictures of your daughter in college that, you know, like yeah. I thought it was actually two years ago, but I guess it was just last year you were getting her off to it. But, but you know, I, um, <clears throat> I, you know, I'd made some rules for my kids cause I'm like, man, I, I, I'm not down on college. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also like, I, I had this mentality for most of their lives when they were younger growing up. And I was like, Hey guys, guess what? You're going to college and you don't get to say so. And it's happening. And if not, you're dead to me, you know, and I, I was a little, yeah. you know, kind of kidding, but kind of not, you know, and, um, but I've changed it, you know, since my oldest, you know, got out of, uh, high school cause he's actually my business partner. He started this business with me oh, and nice. he's like, That's he's awesome. done. Yeah. And he's done the grind, you know, I mean like he hasn't done as much of the strategic part of it, but the dude has sacrificed and you know, our first 13 months when we were in it, we, it was seven days a week, 12 hours a day, just, you know, or more, you know, just killing it, killing it, killing it. Nice. And, um, but I, I've, we've set a rule with our kids and I've said, okay, when you get out of high school, you, um, you can live with us for free if you're doing one of the three, these three things, you, you're either going to university, you know, you're going, going to college, you are going to a trade school. Cause I'm okay with that. Cause my thing is like, you know, what, what makes you happy is what you need to do, you know? So if you want to be whatever, you know, go to a trade school or the third one is you, you've got to start a business, you know, and the understanding on that ethically is if you say you're going to do the business thing and then three, four years later, uh, you decide to shut that down and that was your way of getting out of college. That'll break your legs. And then you're going to college and I don't yeah. care that you're an adult. I'm still making you do it, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. but it was yeah. like one of those three things. And if you go to college, you don't got to live at home, but we'll help. We'll still support you and help you as much as we can, you know, on, on, on all that, all that stuff. But I'm like, but as long as you're doing one of those three things, we're actually going to like make life real easy on you. If you decide to be a deadbeat, we're kicking you out and we're giving you zero, <laughs> zero help with it, you know? Yeah. So, but, but I always second guess myself. I've been second guessing myself on the college thing. It's like, man, should I make him go? But I'm just like, I think in today's society, it's like, I, I think there's a ton of value, which is why it's one of their three options that they get. I think there's a ton of value in it, but I don't know that, you know, I think, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, you needed that to be able to really, unless you were just going to be this, be the entrepreneur, like that kicks ass, you had to have that to get there. But it's like today you don't, you know, you just don't need it unless, you know, and I, I'm like, they can't go to school to get some stupid degree. You know, it has to be one that, that they'd get a, a return on. So I, I don't want to get too far down that road, but I, I was curious to get your opinion. And um, it sounds like what you're saying is there's a lot of intangibles 
that um, a lot of people maybe don't see though. You know, there's a lot of intangible things that you gain there, from doing it. There is that I gained anyway. And I, yeah. and I, anybody else who goes, I mean, if, if you just go to college to party and I hate to say this, but there's, there's definitely this, this may sound completely, <laughs> completely bad, but I don't mean it that way, but I can't tell you how many times I've heard about girls that go to college just so they can find a husband. Yeah. Long reason to be there. Yep. You know, yep. I, I get that that's what they're trying to do, but there's other ways to do that without having to go to college and being a little more practical about your life. Yeah. That's, that's what some of them goal is. But, um, <clears throat> what I did want to say is that when I was in college, obviously having friends and stuff in college, we talk about, well, you, you know, these are these, that degree or that degree. And, um, they really don't have any market value when you get out of college. And a friend of mine said, well, sometimes it's just about the fact that you went to college and you're able to get a degree mm-hmm. and, and graduate with it. Um, I still don't like that philosophy and I've made all my kids very aware if they, and they're all going to college, which I'm, I'm blessed, um, that they want to go. Uh, and we probably push it pretty hard, kind of like you did. Yeah. Uh, but if they're going to take and go to college, that has to be a marketable degree. It yeah. can't be something that, and I'm not going to say that people have a, a degree in music made a bad choice for themselves. But what I do have, you know what? I wanted to say the same thing a second ago, but I didn't want to be offensive. So I'm glad you said it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I very much, I'm very much for that because, and my son, my I had to have the hard talk with him because he wanted to get a music degree. And I said, I'm okay with you doing that as a minor, but mm-hmm. it can't be a major. And I so said, he, I had the same conversation with my six, because my 16 year old's really passionate about music. And yeah. I told him the same thing. I'm like, bro, do do what you're passionate about, but let's make sure you, you can, you know, you don't want to limit your options. You know, you can yeah. do the music don't, thing and still do this other stuff too. You know, don't bank on it. And here's the problem with that. And, and, and it, this, this, I think this really makes it more glaring, glaringly obvious why you don't want to bank on something like that, because if you're going to college with a music degree and you weren't born with some kind of natural talent that makes you already great at music or singing or something like that. Yeah. I think it's going to be very challenging to start when you're going to college and trying to develop that to become something afterwards. Yeah. And, it can and it's not to say that it couldn't happen, yeah. but it's That's not likely, right? It can, but it's, it's, it, it, if, <laughs> if you really want what's best for your kids and, and give them good advice, mm-hmm. I think that, and that, yeah. That's not to say that you're crushing their dreams because you're not taking away from them, but mm-hmm. I feel like you have to have that practical. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, you're not crushing their dreams. Hey, go after the music thing. But if you want me to pay for college, you're all, that's not the major. <laughs> that's, that's all, you know? And uh, it's so funny. I literally, it was last week I was in the kitchen over there with, with my uh, youngest and we had that conversation. But one thing that's cool about him, Aaron, I'm sure one day you, you'll listen to this. It might not be until I'm dead, but, but I love you, bud. Um, but, you know, Aaron is my one, my youngest that I see that probably has the highest ceiling, the highest, like probably natural potential, like from an entrepreneur level. Oh, nice. But he probably has the most laziness in him, which <laughs> actually I think there's probably a lot of correlation to that sometimes, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. So it's like, I could, he's like probably the highest ceiling, but maybe most likely to do the least, you know, type of thing just from effort. But he's like, um, I, these are conversations I have with him. So I'm not talking trash to my son when he's not listening, but, uh, but he's like, he wants to do this. Uh, I don't know what we really got off in the weeds here, but he wants to open a, uh, a jazz club. He wants to open a jazz club. And I'm like, 
bud, I'll invest in that. Let's, that'll be freaking awesome. You know, so That's what's cool about that is that you can still blend the entrepreneurial spirit with that talent. Yeah. Doing something like that. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 I like it. That's really cool. And for anyone that has a music degree, we're not dogging you. We're just no. using it as an example. That's all. If you, but if you have a music degree and you're listening to my podcast, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid, I kid. So, uh, all right. So, so let's, let's kind of move. That was fun, but let's, let's kind of get back to a couple things here. So, so 85 fleet washing, um, somewhere between then and now you said you got a wash base. So I'm a, is that basically like a, a drive-through car wash for 18 wheelers? Is that kind of what that is? Yes. Yes. Um, right. I wish mine was drive through. We actually drive up and back out of it because the lot was there when I bought it. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of, Hey, cool. We do fleet washing already. Now we got this wash bay on the end of the building and we just, we kind of expanded it and made it bigger and that kind of stuff. So it worked out good. And, and because we've been here so long, we got, got a really good following and, and a lot of great customer loyalty too. And then for just in case anyone doesn't know, uh, cause I make assumptions a lot, fleet washing, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, when Michael says fleet washing, he's, res- he's typically referring to cleaning the big 18-wheelers. You know, that's why right. Dallas, yeah. the Dallas-Fort Worth area was great because of those those interstates that went ran right through it from north right. to south, east to west. So he's like, there's all this traffic. Those guys, they got to keep their trucks maintained up and, and cleaned and everything. So uh, they come through, they stop at Michael's place, and, and, and they get them nice and clean. Now you said you dat your bought your dad's business in 2010, and that's now PowerWash.com. Did he have an online business, or was it a brick and mortar store, or what? What was that? Both, actually. <clears throat> so he started out as being a uh, as a manufacturer. Actually, he he bought out. Um, I don't know how this how it came to be, but he bought out a guy that was working for him that was actually manufacturing on a small scale power washers and selling chemicals and stuff. So he bought that guy out and when he did, he he was a contractor at that time, but when he did, when he bought that guy out, the agreement was whatever they, he paid him that he would always have a job there for as long as he wanted to work. And I'll never forget the the guy. He sat in in the front office. He was right there. He's a very personal guy. Um, And I, I, I have to share this because you could not do this today. So every year for his birthday, they brought in a belly dancer for him. Oh my God. <laughs> oh. And I just remember when I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to come to work on the <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, that's too good. Yeah, you couldn't do that today. Uh, you can no. do it once. So, anyway, that's <laughs> Yeah, no, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Well, and, and, and nothing wrong with it. It's completely innocent, but it wouldn't be viewed that way. Today. Oh yeah, no, I, I got you. I get, yeah, I'm following you. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so with that, he he began manufacturing, and he he even built a few car washes here locally and things like that. Um, started going to shops and stuff, and getting into industrial and, and and installing equipment, and he got really big into the oil and gas industry, and then in 1980. Uh, a bank, I believe it was called Penn Bank, mm-hmm. that was very heavy into oil and gas, collapsed. And it just really kind of knocked out the oil and that gas industry, took a big slump. And and I couldn't have that wrong. I just know it, it collapsed back then because I remember him talking about it. But because he was so heavy in the oil and gas industry, he, he had to refocus his business. And 
So he got into selling power wash equipment and parts through an 800 number. Hmm. And back then those 800 numbers were called Watts lines. I don't know what it stood for. It was W-A-T-S, Watts line was 800 mm -hmm. number. And so he put together a mailer and he called it the Watts Blaster. Watts Blaster. And, <laughs> the Watts Blaster. And, and no one's going to remember that unless they've really been in the industry a long time. And so he mailed those and he was mailing. I remember when I was in high school, he'd have a van just packed with these like, you know, I see you guys do EDM marketing type stuff. And they would be full of like 30 to 40,000 blasters to go out. Hmm. And then... And then eventually the, the onset of the internet was coming. And so he recognized as an opportunity. So he grabbed like all these main domain names, which back then was a lot of money. They cost just to get one was uh, three to $400 oh, wow. per thing to get them back then. And uh, eventually that started taking off and he eventually got hooked up with another brand to sell uh, power washing and he rebranded with that brand and through several ownerships of that company and because he was buying from different suppliers and things like, like that, there became a falling out over the brand and, and I happened to get involved with the company at that time and that's why I, re I just said, well, it's not worth it to me to fight over the brand name Yeah, because I, to be honest, the brand was really recognized in the contract cleaning industry because of what he had done, mm -hmm. but um, being able to just change it to powerwash.com. And now you hardly ever hear that brand anymore within the contract cleaning world. Yeah. So I well, thought it was kind of, powerwash.com is such a great, I mean, yeah, that's just the best anyway. I mean, yeah, yeah. you can't, you can't get those domains anymore, you know? So that's, that's right. great. Yeah. So it worked out really good. Um, uh, and, and that's how, that whole process came to play and how we got on the internet where that started. And of course, and then eventually other players got involved with the internet and competition is just like through the roof now. Mm -hmm. So you really, gotta, you got to have something to separate yourself apart. And so that's how I just started trying more, tying more of the training and stuff together too. Yeah. So that's, that's actually a big part of you guys. So the power wash university stuff. So tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah. What, what, what is power wash you? Power wash you. <clears throat> So I took all his programs, which most of them were on VHS tapes, <laughs> and I started putting them on DVD drives. And it, you know, it wasn't long before I started getting people commenting that you know these seem kind of outdated, mm -hmm. not put together, and which they weren't really. I mean, it's not today's standard. It's so easy to shoot video and edit, edit, yeah. and put it together. And even though it's easy to do quality, you you really have to plan it out have to put it together to create a good training program. So that's what we started doing. Um, and the, the, the first one I did was power wash 101, which is it, you know, a lot of people get that name and think, Oh, that's the basics of power washing. I can't tell you how many people have taken that course and have been in the industry for years. And like, I never knew that. I never understood how a pump worked. And, and what, what kind of things does it cover? You can't do that with a pump. We, well, if you, if you look at a cold water power washer from the time the water goes into it to the time it comes out, we cover everything in between and we explain okay. what it is and how it works. So, you know, the, the unloader, the filter, the pump, how the pump operates and, and how to protect the pump. So it mm -hmm. lasts longer. Um, the pressure hose, the trigger guns, all that, all the way through. Oh. And I may have missed 
few things, but that's just real quick over. I'm going to show you something while you're talking because this is so relevant to me right now. I got my, uh, uh, well, I'm not going to be able to find it. Um, so one of my success criteria for this quarter is uh, I've got to get a maintenance and inventory system in place because my, uh, my business, you know, we're not huge. Like we did half a million dollars last year. It was our third, third year. We did half a million. So we're doing good. Uh, this year, the plan is to do a million. And, um, but we have, a, I spent, I've got two trucks on the road and I mm -hmm. spent $3,500 on repairs on stuff last year. If, the, if that can tell you how horrid we are at taking care of our stuff. And it's my fault, you know, because I've got the trucks out there. I'm doing my thing and I've just done a piss poor job of, of managing that part of my business. But, um, I, I, you probably can't read it all, but this is, uh, the notes from a meeting that I had last week with my, um, my new uh, production supervisor and he's over maintenance and over, uh, training and stuff like that. And I'm working with him getting a maintenance system in place because we just keep breaking shit and not, I don't just mean like stepping on it and breaking it, but not maintaining it and breaking it. And, and the truth is I started a power washing company not knowing how power washers work. I have a, somewhat working knowledge of like how engines work, but I, I, I'm not a mechanic. I can't work on them. And, and now that my, my company is growing, you know, I've kind of got by okay up until this past year. Now that it's growing, it's really starting to bite me in the ass. So I, uh, I've been familiar with power wash you. I didn't know everything that, that it did, but I think I'm going to, uh, I need to get my, at least that one guy, my, my new production supervisor and run him through power wash you myself as well. So uh, we can have better knowledge on this. So anyway, yeah. sorry, you got me excited and sidetracked. I apologize. I about highly that. recommend it. Well, I think, okay, I'm going to tell you where my weakness is my weakness. And some people think I'm great at it. I think I'm horrible at it. Mm -hmm. It's marketing and getting our message out. It's mm -hmm. like, we put this out two or three years ago. People should understand and know what's in there and how, how well it works. Yeah. But they, they automatically assume when they hear that, one-on-one that it's really basic and and that's just for a beginner no it's not just for a beginner because i can't tell you like i said how many people go through it and they're like i actually that actually makes sense now i know how to make sure that that pressure washer doesn't get tore up the thing about and even if you use the word pressure or power washer it doesn't really matter i think there's a, a misperception when we talk about tools or things that we use when we're working and those two words make it sound like a power washer is like this really strong piece of equipment and can take a ton of abuse. They can't. No, my guys have proven that to not be the case. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now on they the don't. flip side, uh, guys, language alert, uh, cover your kids ears. I'm going to quote a friend. So, uh, language alert, but a buddy of mine, Ray, he said this, I'm like, I can relate. He goes, my guys could figure out how to fuck up an anvil if I let them work with one. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> anyway, anyway, but sorry, I'm sorry. Carry on. <laughs> but you know, I, I think a lot of it comes down to just training. Yeah. Making sure they're trained good, that they understand it. And then, and if that doesn't get it, and I'm going to, I'm going to delve off a little bit into employees, but that doesn't get it. They either, they don't care or um or they hate you <laughs> yeah right. yeah yeah well you know i'll tell you on that note that's actually a good conversation to have because it's like you know i mentioned our our equipment issues you know and i spent more than that on a, on 
repairs. I had some truck issues, you know, we'd bleach ate up some uh, fuel lines and this and that, and, you know, just different things. But I'm just talking about like the machines, you know, the compressors, the, you know, the air compressors and the uh, pressure washers. And, um, and not to mention all the downtime, like we would rent a machine to replace it or something, but you still, you're in the middle of the day and your machine goes down, it just kills you. And I actually, um, I think I'm kind of, you know, you said there was two things, you know, it's like they can't get it they, or they hate you. And I think I'm in, I was in the third though. And mine was, I think their boss was a jackass. And unfortunately you're talking to their boss right now. But yeah. um, with me, uh, guys, if you remember at the beginning of this episode, I said, Hey, I'm sorry. I was, I promised I was going to do a, a podcast kind of about systems and stuff like that. And what prompted that was, you know, what was cool because I always talk about the good and the bad in my business. And this is kind of going back to the employees and the, and the training and everything. Uh, so don't let me get too sidetracked, Mike. But when, when I was up in uh, Minnesota, you know, I'm a baby company. We're three years old. I'm figuring this thing out as we go. I was able to leave. I came home. We had more work on the books than when I left. We had more money in the bank than when I left. And um, employees are happy. Customers are happy. Google reviews are going up. Customer surveys are coming in. You know, I've done some things really well with systems and I've trained, you know, but a system, everyone thinks that's kind of magical and like, oh, well, so what is a system? Well, ultimately it's a policy. In the old days, we called it an SOP, a standard right. operational procedure. That's all it is. It's not different. It's just, we call it a system now. And we think though, that if we create that SOP or if we create that system, we put it in paper and we hand it to our employees, we've now systemized our business. And I've learned the hard way that no, that's really just like step one of 50, you know, and, and steps two through 50 are really a whole lot of effort. You know, step one is the, the blueprint and, and the direction, you know, this is how we do it. The system is like how we're going to handle things, but I've done a good job at managing our marketing systems and our customer relation systems and our things like that. But I, I've done a piss poor job managing our maintenance systems. So because I didn't care about it, that clearly communicated to our employees that they shouldn't care about it either. So if they didn't do what was on that paper, quote, it, you know, it's not, it's digital, but if they didn't do what was on that paper or in that training video that I made, mm-hmm. they knew it wasn't important because I didn't do a damn thing about it either. Cause I wasn't paying attention to it. And you, that's why I'm kicking myself right now. I could have went to the Caribbean again last year. If I wouldn't have fixed all that stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> you said something I want to expand on real quick. You said they were working for jackass. Yeah. So I, um, I'm, I'm around a hundred employees and have been up and down about give or take 10 for about the past three or four years, probably four years. But mm-hmm. the reason that my growth stagnated was because I couldn't get employees in and keep them here long enough. And as I started to, to analyze what was going on and, and why it was happening, there's, there's something I, that years ago I started to realize is that if the same problems keep happening around the same person, then there's something wrong with that person. My, pro, that my, my first problem was I didn't recognize that I was the problem yeah. because I kept thinking every time uh, I had an issue with a manager or a supervisor, if I got rid of them, I get a new guy and it was going to solve the problem. Well, it mm-hmm. didn't. Um, so that was the first thing that I had to realize is that I had to change. Second thing I realized is that my supervisors and my managers were, were being jackasses to the techs and they weren't mm. treating them right. Yeah. So I had to change, I had to, I had to change our whole culture and, um, 
the other thing that jumped out to me is that I needed a good HR department because I was 100 employees and I was the HR. Oh, that was ouch. On my plate. There's no way I could grow with that. Mm-hmm. And when, and I, and I started doing a lot of research. I started talking to other business owners and I realized I finally found out what all HR did. And it just, it just blew me away. I'm like, I could really hire people that could do that. I thought HR was just someone you went to complain to and they took care of the problem. <laughs> yeah. I, and I could be ignorant, but I think most people probably think that too. It is what, it's exactly what most people, self-included, you know, that's yeah. exactly what we think. Yeah. HR is a whole nother thing altogether. They, they, they are involved with the training, helping develop training programs, uh, uh, team building exercises, uh, and, and obviously reprimands and manager. But the thing that, that my HR lady did when we brought her on, that's been phenomenal, um, is we, we actually do leadership building type things every week. Hmm. So now we've got people that are coming in and they're able to grow and learn and become better personally and professionally at the same time. And, you know, so if someone comes in and they're going through our stuff and they move on, it's because they found something better and we help them grow. So I, and, and there's a lot of reward in that. I would, and I would say that five, six years ago, I never, I never thought that running a business could be rewarding on a person to person level. Like it is now, I, the way I always looked at it was like, Hey, you hire somebody, they do their job to get paid. If they don't do it, get them out and get somebody else. Yeah. This is the way it goes. That's the way I was raised. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> but the whole, the whole philosophy about run, the way to run a business is completely changed today. So let me ask you this, Michael, did I'm not hundred percent sure if I'm following you, but are you saying that there was a time you looked at it like you were a boss and instead of versus today where you're looking at it, like you're a leader? I mean, is that kind of the, I would say, yeah, I would. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and I think I'm really fortunate because I made that epiphany at some time and the, the HR lady that I hired really appreciates that. I try to do a lot for our, for our staff and for our company. Mm-hmm. And I want to see our, our employees grow and become better uh, people, not just technical skills either, but to become better people and better yeah. leaders. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, Michael, I'm going to be honest track. with you. I've That's got, really well, no, close to me. That's a lot of what I do. I've got a ton of time, but I know, I think you don't. So I want to ask a, a couple of questions here just to, okay to do some stuff because I, I don't want us to like get to the end and then not have any time here. So first one, uh, this is, I ask this question to almost everyone that comes on the show. Um, hands down without question. It's the most important question I ever ask on the podcast. So, uh, if you would just give it your most, you know, the most effort you can on give me a good straight answer here. Okay. So, you know, you, you don't have to close your eyes, but kind of close your eyes here and think, think this as I'm, as I'm saying, it, all right. Okay. You, uh, you know, you're, you're in Texas. So let's say you're out, you know, kind of, I'm not going to say hunting, but you know, you're out, you're walking through the fields or something like that, the pastures and stuff. And next thing you know, you kind of get stuck in a field, you know, gates closed behind you. And, you know, it's probably like a, a five acre, you know, area. And uh, you can't get out, barbed wire everywhere, razor wire on the top. And then you hear this voice out of nowhere. And it tells you, Michael, you're about to have a fight to the death. But you get to choose your opponent. I'm giving you two choices. You either have to, now this is bare hands, no weapons. Mm -hmm. You can either fight one 
horse-sized duck or 1,000 duck-sized horses. Just you, just them, last person standing wins. What say you? I would One, choose a size duck. You're going to, the horse, are you kidding me? No, that's what I would choose. Now, how do you think you would defeat a duck that big? <laughs> well, I'm going to hope that he's pretty big and I can outmaneuver it. But there's, <laughs> way, there's no way I could keep off a thousand little ducks. Well, they're, they're little horses. They're that big. They're mount- See, everyone says the big horse. And I'm like, yeah. man, they're, they're the they big would, duck. I don't know. Okay. Well, <laughs> I would just, they would, they would be all around me and there's, there's no way I could keep those things off of me. And next thing you know, I'm on the ground and they're, I might be able to knock out, you know, 25 or 30, but the other are going to, <laughs> the other 950 are going to get you. Okay. Yeah. Fair. If we had more time, I'd berate you about this. Cause I'm, I'm really disappointed in you. Cause you can always tell a man's character by how he answers this question. And now uh-huh. I'm really, di- I, you're not who I thought you were. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> so, um, so now Obviously, that's a little bit of foolishness, but I always, I do almost always ask that question on the show. Um, yeah, I need to go through and do a tally. I need to go back and listen to them and see what everyone's answers were. But I think it's leaning towards the horse-sized duck. But then there's a bunch of people like me that are smart that go for the little duck-sized horses. So I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, back to some seriousness, all right? I've got a couple of questions for you because I know you have a new thing that's going on. I want to ask you about it. But, um, you know, well, you really started way before then, but you started your business back in 85. So, you know, 85, so we got 95, 05, 15. So you're, you're over 30 years of business experience. I mean, you're damn near your, your 40 is not that far away for you. Um, what's, uh, can you name some of the, the bigger struggles you've had, you, you may have already mentioned it, you know, in some of the stuff that you were just talking about here at the end on, you know, the, the leadership and the HR and all that stuff. But was there ever any time where you were like, I think I'm going to quit or has it been sunshine and rainbows ever since 1985? I don't think, I don't think you're a true entrepreneur. <laughs> 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 Unless you had a few of those thoughts where you're like, man, I'm ready to be done. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm sorry, I got interrupted by one of my favorite employees. Oh, no worries, no worries. My only favorite. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think, well, I think for me, and this is going to sound crazy, probably the whole time I was going through college, my mind was set that when I graduate, I'm going to go get a job. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I can stop having to work on the weekends out here and all this now there were, when there were nice weather days, I was happy. When there were bad yeah. weather days, like I can't wait to be done with this. Mm-hmm. But eventually, I saw the opportunity. I, I would say the first really, really hard struggle was when I I bought out another kitchen exhaust cleaning company. And for the life of me, when I look back on this, I think how how stupid could I have been not to think that. <laughs> not to think of this. So I'm running a, a, a fleet washing business pretty much during the day on the weekends. I buy out a kitchen's house cleaning company and I'm thinking that, well, I'll build it up on the weekends. And when I get it built up enough, I'll bring in, I'll train a full-time guy and he'll do it too. Mm-hmm. Well, I had some staff that was full-time during the day, but they weren't, they weren't trained good enough for me not to be there. 
So I ran myself ragged for two years before I finally got some decent staff at night. And I almost, I came really close to selling it. I actually was, was in the process of selling the kitchen exhaust cleaning company when I, when I got lucky and hired a couple of really good guys. And I was like, all right, I'm not selling now. I'm keeping yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. And it worked out. And now I've got a, you know, I've got a good operation. Um, the other time that became really stressful was right after I took over my dad's business. I went from, so I know it may not seem like it, but even though I've been in the industry a long time and whatnot, and I've got a, a vast array of knowledge, running a contract cleaning business compares nothing to being on the distribution side and supporting this and the amount of knowledge it takes to support the equipment and the amount of customers that comes along with it too. Yeah. And I, it, it completely just rechanged the way I was looking at it. And it, what amplified that even more was that my dad who was retiring was going through some stuff at the time and um, he had to go into the hospital and, and his, he's, he's there now, but his mind wasn't right at the time. And so I really didn't have him for support to give me a lot of guidance. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I walked into a, probably the worst morale I ever seen in my life in a company. Really? Um, because of that. Yeah, it was tough. It was really tough. And then I had that on top of it. Um, and, and I literally, I felt like I was in a fog for a good two years. And, and, and I finally got through that when I joined up with another group of entrepreneurs and I got introduced to the book traction and I started implementing traction and, and, um, how, how old is that? I, I'm actually going, as a matter of fact, here, <laughs> I'm going through it right now. These are my print offs from the, from oh, the book stuff. Uh, how long ago did you uh, do that? Traction probably would have been around 2013 or 14, somewhere in okay. that time, 12 nice. at the very earliest, somewhere in there, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. Um, but it was, I remember I, I was driving down to San Antonio and I got the audiobook cause I was like, I, I'm not a good reader. I'm a good audiobook listener. Yeah, do same here. Uh, I, I, I listened to that book down to San Antonio and back. And I was so energized after I listened to that book. Cause I'm like, this to me, traction is like the roadmap to the e-myth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, the e-myth, e-myth is the story or the inspiration. Yeah. And then traction seems to be like the blueprint, you know? Yeah. That's, that's what you should do. This is how you should do it kind of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's what pulled me through that. That, that was a very difficult time. Um, but that was probably the biggest, one of the yeah. bigger struggles and not, it was still stressful, but I'm not sure that it was as stressful as it was when I bought out the other company. Um, because, because I, I, I was like, man, all this money I've, I've had to pay for this and I still got to pay it off. Yeah. Um, I actually borrowed the money from my grandfather's like, don't worry about it, Mike, you need to be happy. Just shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Couldn't do I, I appreciate you, uh, being vulnerable with this on there because it's easy to want to like pound your chest and always say, here's what we we're doing. Amazing. I mean, you've got a hundred employees guys. If you're not doing the math, you gotta, you gotta be doing really well to just, even if you're not even profiting, <laughs> you've got to be making a lot of money just to pay for a hundred employees. But, um, but Michael is, uh, just a stand up guy that I've really respected from afar. I'm, I've really enjoyed getting to know you here, but you've, you carry yourself very well within the industry and um i mentioned it earlier on you know but like your 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 facebook group i mean literally that's that power wash community group 
you know, guys can be jerks on the internet and they're, you know, and when you're a new guy and you go in and you ask for help, you know, a lot of people are jerks, but, um, there's, there's, it's a great resource and it's literally, literally how I started doing it. I just kind of hung out in that group for a month or two and finally bought a pressure washer and said, well, if I fuck it up, I fuck it up. Let's go, you know? And, and that's kind of, you know, how we did it. So, but, um, so I want you to share how people can get in touch with you. Maybe Facebook's the best way, maybe an email, but I also want you to talk about, um, you gave me a little glimpse. Well, you didn't give me the glimpse, but I mean, you told me a little bit about, um, something you're doing with power wash university, which is actually pretty exciting. So share that with, share that with the listeners here. Yeah. So, so just to go over, we got power wash one one and then you step up to power wash two Oh one, which is, all the accessories and stuff on a power washer. We talk about a hot water power washer, how it works. So we kind of take you to the next step. And then there's a roof washing course and there's a house washing course. And I think sometimes people hear that and they think, well, I want to do soft washing. Well, guess what? Those are in the courses too. Yeah. It's part because we don't say that there's just one way to do it. Yep. We say you use the best tool for the right job to get it done the fastest and most economical way and the best results. So mm-hmm. Well, your wow. company, powerwash.com sells soft washing systems as well. well. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then we have a wood restoration course. So that's there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if, if a guy wants to buy those courses individually and have them for themselves, they're online and they're, they're yours. As, 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 as long as you can log in and see them, they're still going to be yours. We don't take them away or give you a, a limited time to get, you can access, access it as long as you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're running into is that people have employees, they want to train their employees, but once you buy one license, well, you go through the program, you get your certificate and you're done. So the next guy that comes through it, he goes through the program, but as an owner, you don't know if he really understands or, or got it because he doesn't get a certificate. Um, you can't really take the test again mm-hmm. to get graded or anything. So what we're doing is we're rolling out a subscription program here in the next few weeks mm-hmm. that that allow uh an entrepreneur or to to buy say say your three or five man company that this is how many employees i got we're going to give you those seats when you change down employees or you get an employee hey this guy's gone put this guy in and he starts going through the whole training program and he gets, nice and he gets, and gets up to speed. and i think at, at that I think this is probably where some people can, you can probably relate to it more than, more than most because you've been doing it a while. Can you imagine how much time it takes you to train a guy? Oh, I know. Yeah. It's, it's the hardest thing we do. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, just to free up your time to work on other things to grow the business and then come back and know that a guy went through a training program and we've designed it in such a way so that they're going to retain the information. They can't get, they can't, they can't trick their way through it. And I'll tell you why they can't. First, we do it in very small bites. We do anywhere from five to 10, maybe 15 minute videos. Mm-hmm. 15 minutes really long. We usually don't go anywhere close to that. And then there's uh, practice questions. And the practice questions are not gonna get right unless they listen and read the material. And the, those materials complement one another. So they have to be engaged in, in following along. And then they do several sections. They get to the end, and there's about anywhere from 50 to 100 word questions or or 80 questions. And that is pulled from a large group of questions. So it's randomized. Hmm. We don't give any answers to that. We don't finish the test and say, 
this is what the answer was. Now go back and take it again. We just tell them, you missed that question. You got to go retake the test again. You didn't nice. get high enough. And it's not 70 or above, it's 80 or above. Mm-hmm. So that so. was, that was intentional. That was, that was with purpose and that was with the intent so that if I'm the owner and I put a guy through it, I can feel confident that he came through and he learned the material and now I can go out and implement it. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Love that. Love it. So, well, how can people, um, I, it's not out yet. Is there a place they can go and get more information about this? I know the, the yeah. tip, the regular power wash use there. So where can guys go and yeah. learn about this? Power wash you, which is the letter U, powerwashu.com. And, uh, obviously you can find me on Facebook or you can hit the contact us on the page or call the phone numbers. My staff will answer the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, we now I will say that we are if I will say if, if your listeners listen to this because we haven't gone public with it yet and they call in early, we are doing discounts to sign up for this right now for our first groups that come through. Oh, really? Yeah. So if they want to take advantage of it and call now and get, get in on that. They can. Um, nice. I recommend <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm going to be making that call tomorrow probably. So that's, yeah. that's actually exciting. I, I assumed you were going to be like, eh, It'll come out here in three weeks and then you can get the info, but there's basically a list, a uh, wait list we're, that we can get on. So. We're, just, we're still uh, working out a few bugs. So yeah, um, yeah if you come in and get on it now, we're going to get those tweaks and, and uh, we'll, we'll hold your prices in three, four years, whatever, whatever it takes. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I really want to build a good customer base and a good loyal following with this. Um, it's not, uh, not looking to be a flash in the pan or it's gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Well, this is something that our industry is missing. Like there is a lot of training out there. Like say as an owner, like if I'm starting a business and I want to go travel to over here, I'm actually, I'm a part of an event happening next, uh, next month, you know, in February, uh, where we're, uh, it's in Atlanta and we're bringing guys and we're doing a, a roof cleaning on site and stuff like that and teaching them yeah. some sales and marketing. But that stuff, there's a lot of that in our industry. You know, you can get those in a lot of places. But for a guy, a dude like me, I'm not huge, but I'm not tiny. You know, my, my, I'm, I'm a kind of, I'm maybe, a, I'm probably a medium size of business at this stage and, um, resources like this, you know, training, it's always hard to say what the hardest thing is because everything feels like the hardest thing, but like hiring employees and then getting yeah. them like up to speed probably is the hardest thing. And the technical training side of thing, like I've put a lot of work into it and I've got, I, compared probably to most to somewhat comprehensive training thing, but nope. I don't know what I know, you, you know, the other day, it was pretty good. Video. Oh, did you see it? Yeah. I saw that was one of my videos I put out there. Yeah. And, uh, and what I'll tell you as a tech, that video has been out for two weeks. It's got more views than any video I've been, I've done yeah. ever. And I've been morning. It was 16,000. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, um, it was two weeks ago, you know, and to, I think that's a testament to people saying, you know, we need some stuff like that, you know? So, but, and it wasn't even that crazy. It was just like, Hey, here's how you run a surface cleaner. You know? <laughs> it's just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was super easy, but, but that's, that's good stuff, Michael. I, pre- I'm going to put the guys, I'm going to put the link in the show notes so you can go click on that. Go check out power wash you. Uh, if, if you need pressure washing or soft washing equipment, you can go check out uh, powerwash.com. All right. Powerwash.com. Uh, they, uh, they got a bunch of stuff there and I've, I've bought some things from your, your guys before Michael and the customer service. You, you guys have been great. I've, I've bought some stuff at other places, you know, other online stores and the equipment was good. And honestly, I, 
wanted to fly to a different state and whoop someone's ass because of the way I was treated. I'm just, just to be honest with you, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but you guys do things really well and, and I respect that. And Thank I you. hope we get to talk some more. I, I feel like we're kind of friends now. So that's, that's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. No, I would love to. I, I, I enjoy this. You know, it's, I like, I think, well, and if, as I get older, and I really see more of it as I or feel this way as I get on. And I think it's just a natural progression for most of us. As a young man, we're out there trying to prove ourselves yeah. and it's fight the world, fight the world. And now as I get older, you know, it's kind of like, well, what's my legacy going to be? How do I leave a mark to help others? And I yeah. just, you know, it's all about helping others and getting that return and, uh, and satisfaction from seeing others be successful. So I love the story where you log into Power Wash community and you were able to start yeah. it was just being part of that group I, that's that's awesome yeah and it's the truth man i love it and and um well i, I don't know what to say I, i've you you've uh you've impacted my life in such a huge way just by building that community and i don't always uh you know i have a love-hate relationship with the, the power washing and the window cleaning groups because god forbid you ask a question <laughs> you know, no. but no. but uh, but the info's still in there, you know, and, and you know what, sometimes you got to be willing to deal with a little pain to, to get to the solution you want. So, so, uh, Michael, listen, thank you so much. I know we've went a little over, but I, I really, really appreciate your time guys. Uh, one more time, powerwashu.com. If you want to get some training for yourself or your employees, powerwash.com for, uh, equipment, you know, uh, well, and you can get the training stuff there too, but you know, you need power washes, you need soft washing, you need, everything in between they've got it and um oh good stuff oh go ahead one thing and we're not just online we also do boot camps we also do training so uh our hands-on training yeah. is once a month for kitchen exhaust because and the thing about kitchen exhaust cleaning is that i i would it scares me to think anybody would get into kitchen exhaust cleaning without training because there's such a liability that goes behind kitchen exhaust cleaning real quick it's because there's grease that gets inside the kitchen exhaust system. And if you mm -hmm. don't clean it right and document things that you find that's in the national fire protection associations, yeah. standard, which is adopted into code into the cities and municipalities. If you don't inform customers of it and you've cleaned you're you're, you can be found liable. That stuff's scary. I was in the security yeah. industry, so we did fire protection and, yeah. um, you know, so like the hood systems, you know, tie into the, the yeah. fire protection and yeah, you're right. guys, if you're doing hood cleaning, let me tell you, like I worked for a big security company. We, we bought an, you know, we did a lot of acquisitions, bought a company, uh, a house caught on fire, burnt down, people died, a family died in it. Oh, man. And now the, the authorities, they're looking, they're looking for who to, who to put that blame on because all of those, uh, policies and you know rules and everything are in place that you don't want to play with that one so check yeah. once a month you can go hang out with michael and learn how to do that stuff okay so but anyway we have a one last one yeah yeah go ahead <laughs> we have a, a five-day class that talks that actually teaches uh, uh the roof washing house washing concrete cleaning truck washing um we do a little bit of marketing we do environmental and um and I got a guy that's wanting to add window cleaning to it. So nice. see how that, but we're cool. just, we're just trying to get a, a nice package of, of hands-on. So we do classroom and in the field in that one. So it's, it's a very hands-on course. Awesome. Awesome. All right, yeah. guys, Bobby Walker, Michael Hinderleiter, journey of a new entrepreneur. Glad that you joined us on this episode. 
And I'm just going to sign off like I do every week because I think it, I think it means something. So guys, if you're not doing the things that you want to be doing in life, you better have a damn good reason for it. But if you're not pursuing those things, there's no good reason. Peace out.